This message was recorded live at the Ark Church in Conroe, Texas. And our text for this, script, this series has been John 14, 16 through 17. And I'll pray the Father and he'll give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. Last week, and I won't take much time to, to, to recap, but last week we talked about uh, the fact that the Holy Spirit works with us to produce godly character in our lives. And one of the best lineups of godly character is found in Galatians, the fifth chapter, verse 22 through 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. So let's talk a little bit about those because the Holy, a couple of things about this. Scholars have debated whether when, when Paul was writing here and he says the fruit of the Spirit, they're debating whether it's the fruit of the Holy Spirit or it's the fruit of our recreated, born again human spirit. I think the bottom line is I, I wouldn't get worried about that, but these are, these are godly characteristics that God would like to work in us. And so the love, love of God, that type of love is in us. In fact, the Bible said it's shed abroad in our heart by the Holy Spirit, so it's poured out in us. We have that capacity. That's something we can develop in. So here's another thing. Is the, the Holy Spirit will never lead us apart from this. So he's not going to lead us to not walk in love. He's not going to lead us to walk outside of peace. You know, I heard someone say, oh, the Holy Spirit just made me afraid. He's never going to make you afraid. He's never going to make you depressed. He's never going, because he's never depressed, ever. So if if he's not depressed, he's not going to make you depressed. And so the joy of the Lord, which is our strength, he works joy. There's joy in the Holy Spirit. He's not down. He's not depressed. That's why I think it's good to smile at church, to laugh at church. I think it's good for Christians to be happy. That's why I like that verse we just read in Psalms. You will be happy, and it will be well with you. You know, that's a great way to wake up in the morning and go, thank you, Lord. I love you. I'll walk in your ways. And today, the fruit of my hands, it's going to produce. I'm going to be productive today. I'm going to be happy, and it's going to be well with me. Isn't that a promise? That's a promise. So we can hang on to that. So we're just going to go, hey, wouldn't you rather be happy and it be well with you than wake up and go, oh, dear God. <laughs> it's another day. Oh. oh. Another day, another dollar. <laughs> Working for the man. Every night and day. <laughs> Take this job and do something productive with it. All right. <laughs> There's a lot better ways to wake up than that. Say it doesn't matter. It does matter. It does matter. How you set your day up, how you talk about it. That's why I like this verse. I believe that the fruit of my hands and everything I set my hand to do will prosper. Say, well, is that arrogant? It's not arrogant. It's scripture. It says, blessed is the man. In fact, the first psalm starts that way, doesn't it? Blessed is the man who fears the Lord that delights great, well, delights greatly in his commandments. Well, actually it says, blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly, stand in the seat of the scornful, or sit in the seat of the scornful and stand in the way of sinners. But his delight's in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. And he'll be like a tree planted by the rivers of living water who bears fruit in his season. His leaves shall not wither, thank you. And everything he does shall prosper. I'm glad y'all came to help me tonight. I, I, really, I really appreciate that. That's good. All right. 
I got help. I got vocabulary help. I got all kinds of help. Okay. We uh, love, joy, peace. Peace, and, and we'll, boy, we'll talk a little bit about that. Probably one of the greatest um, ministries of the Holy Spirit in our life is to minister peace to us. The peace of God. Uh, Colossians talks about let the peace of God rule in your heart. And one of the greatest ways to know that you're doing right and you're in the right way and you're going in the right direction is that you have peace about it. It's a, and it doesn't necessarily mean a peace when everything out here around you is going okay. It means peace on the inside. Have you ever had things go crazy on the outside? You just, and you're looking on the inside going, I don't know why, but I just, I just, I just got real peace. Everyone around you is, is freaking out, and you're like, we're good. We're going to be okay. You realize that's a wonderful witness? That's a wonderful witness. People look at you and go, <laughs> you ever have people look at you and go, why are you so happy? <laughs> that's a great opportunity. It really is a great opportunity just to, just to get a little witness in. I don't have to preach a sermon to them, but it's like, you know what? I, I tell people, man, I'm, I'm happy on the inside. Why are you so why are you so happy? And the, when someone asks that question, they are so not happy. <laughs> they, they are t- why, are you, why are you happy? Like, is, is that a crime? It's not. It's a wonderful thing. Because, because I fear the Lord, because I'm blessed, because I, I eat the fruit of my hands, and it, I'm happy and it's well with me. That's good. Y'all just hang on to that for the rest of the week. When you get up tomorrow, just going to go, man, I'm going to be happy today. It's going to be well with me. All right. I can tell we're on, we could, we could get all kinds of trails today, but let's, let's go with this. Further spirit, love, joy, peace, long-suffering. <laughs> You're going to like this one. Long-suffering means the patient self-control. It's restraint from taking action towards people. That's why they call it long-suffering. <laughs> Someone who could avenge themselves, yet refrains from doing so. It differs from patience towards events. So you'll see in the Bible, you see the word patience. Often that word is used to indicate endurance. And it's talking about enduring long with negative circumstances. Last year, 2020, was a year we had to endure a lot of the shutdowns and the economic challenges and the things that were taking place were during those circumstances. But we were also isolated at home with our loved ones. And that required long suffering to keep from killing one another. You do know the divorce rate went up last year. And, and the reason it went up is, is, man, everybody's just in close contact. And so in close contact, you need long suffering. And so the Holy Spirit will lead you in that direction, but really it's a strength thing. Colossians, the first chapter, Paul was praying for the church. He said that you would be strengthened with all might according to his glorious power. He's talking about the Holy Spirit. For all patience or perseverance and long-suffering with joy. So that's a strength thing. Dealing with people long. You could say something, and you don't. You could just give somebody just a piece of your mind. And you're like, no, let's go let it pass. It's long-suffering. You could get back at someone. You know, we, um, over the years, as people have left the church or left staff, 
not everybody leaves happy. <laughs> I wish everyone did, but I always said God's too good, his kingdom's too important, and life is too short to be angry at church. And, uh, but not everyone leaves happy, and, they, and a lot of times people leave and they say unkind things. Well, the tendency is to want to say something to justify yourself and say something back. And so long-suffering just says, no, I'm not going to do it. I wish so we don't. And over the years, in fact, I've had people that know we will not talk bad about them, and so they'll talk bad about us, so take advantage of that. So how in the world do you put up with that? Well, the Holy Spirit will help you be long-suffering towards that. And you just, you just take the high road and uh, trust the Lord that it'll all work out in the end. And when we get to heaven, maybe you'll be living right next door to that person. So you might as well just love them now. Here's the next one. Kindness. You know, you know this, this fruit of the Spirit, I, I've grown up, uh, grew up Baptist. My mom was involved in the charismatic church. We were asked to leave the Baptist church. Uh, that was my early recollections. And um, I've noticed over the years as I've just kind of watched different denominations and, and different groups, I've always said this, that a lot of times when the charismatic movement started in the 70s and 80s, it, it, was, it really was a move of God. But I really believe that if we had led the way in the fruit of the Spirit, I think a lot more people would have been interested in the baptism of the Spirit. In other words, if we'd exhibited more of the character, I think people would have been more interested in the experience itself. And so I, we always have to keep that in mind, kindness is a grace which pervades the whole nature. It mellows all which is harsh or austere. It's the opposite of severity or cutting something short. You know, of uh, kindness is, boy, it's a, it's a wonderful trait when you find it. And you can grow and develop in it. It's probably an area, uh, people say, well, you know, Alan, as you've gotten older, you've mellowed. No. I know old people that got meaner. Getting old does not mean you mellow. A lot of times people get old and they don't care anymore what people think. They just say whatever comes to their mind. I'm too old to care, so here, they just let it fly. Um, kindness. I was, uh, I tell you, and I'm going to tell you something too about kindness. People are starving for it. We, uh, Sunday was Mother's Day. Joy did a marvelous job for those of you who didn't, who didn't hear her. She just did wonderful. So, so because she cooked on her anniversary, and I, by the way, I got daggers through the eyes of everyone, like, you made her cook? I did not make her cook. She wanted to cook. Her mother was staying with us. Is what it is. Um, <laughs> but I'm smart enough not to make her cook on Mother's Day after she spoke. So I'd called ahead, called a restaurant, got food. We were just going to pick it up and take it home. Tired, just wanted to go home. And uh, you do know that Mother's Day is the busiest day in the world for restaurants. I walked in this restaurant, and we'll go nameless, and it was a madhouse. I walked in on time. And man, there were people running everywhere that didn't feel like the air conditioner was working. There was smoke hanging all over it. The, the, the servers were just going nuts and people are standing in line. And so I, I walk up and said, uh, hey, uh, Alan Clayton here at 1230. And the guy looks at me and goes, uh, 
it's going to be, it's going to be a little bit. That said, any, any idea how long? Well, at, at least 10 or 15 minutes. And there was a guy standing by me. He said, I've been waiting 30. And so I said, hey, not a problem. Went back to the car, came back. It's going to be 10 or 15 minutes more. Well, I mean, people are going nuts. They're just browning. In fact, this one lady walked up to these people and said, you people are going to have to wait outside. Can't have you standing here. She pointed to the two people next to me. She looked at me, and I, and I said, um, I just wanted to check on my order. I'm, I'm just being real kind. Because people get short with, with people who work in those situations. And, and unkind. And, and listen, to, let, me t- let me give you a secret. You know what works real well? The meaner people around you get, the nicer you get, you get treated like a king. She looked at me, she said, what was your order again? I said, uh, Clayton, if you could check it, that, that, that would be great. She said, wait right here. I didn't have to wait outside. <laughs> I said, hey, I appreciate that. I'm just smiling. She, she came back, she said, well, she said, part of your order's ready and the other part's gonna take about 15 minutes. I said, I said can, can I ask you a question? I said, if, if part of it's ready and the other part's gonna take 15 minutes, it's gonna be real cold? She said, oh, no, no, the cold part is already ready. We're waiting for the hot part. I said, great. She said, we'll be back. I said, be paid for it. And I tipped them well. (laughs) Which goes right along with the next fruit of the Spirit, goodness. I tipped them well. So I just said, man, they were so kind to me, so sweet to me. Here, Mr. Clayton, sorry that it took so long. Listen, in those situations, is it really worth blowing up at people? Is it really worth just going on? Bad witness. And everywhere I go, you know, people walk past me and go, hey, Pastor. <laughs> so I have to be nice. <laughs> I can't use my horn like I want to. <laughs> can't cut people off like I want to. No gestures, no nothing. No, it's you know, just got to be real kind of sweet. Love (laughs) y'all. But you know, the Holy Spirit is never going to nudge you to be ugly. Now, now if you think, well, Alan, you're just bragging on yourself. Well, let me tell you the other side of this. I got on the phone with American Express's customer service a couple of weeks ago. I don't know what those people are smoking. But man, oh man, I just, and they're just getting the run around, and they're, and they're running around. And I got off the phone, and Joyce said, you were short. And I went, on purpose. <laughs> I said, I'm, I'm angry. And it didn't, it didn't accomplish anything, because they're trained to go, I'm sorry, Mr. Clayton, but this is all we can do. And so, and, and they got a tough job. So being short, it's going to bless anybody. And I didn't get anything done. And let me tell you something. Being short and, and quick is something I've had to work on for years. So if you're thinking, well, you've just always been that way and you've always been sweet. No. no. And don't even ask Joy. Don't ask her. <laughs> she will laugh and say, oh, no, he has not always been sweet. I took, a, I took a personality test. Remember those personality tests came, came out a few years ago? Are you a Labrador retriever or a lion or something? Remember that one? I came home, I told Joy, I said, I took that personality test. I'm a Labrador retriever. She burst into laughter. She said, 
She's like, I don't know what you're smoking, but you are not the Labrador Retriever. If there was a big bad bear, you would be the winner of that. Okay. <laughs> Kindness, goodness. Goodness is character. Aren't you glad? Wait, aren't you glad, guys, that God is long-suffering and kind? Let, let me show you what this real, real quick in uh, Titus. Go back to Titus 3, 4. But when the kindness and love of God, our Savior, toward man appeared, God is kind. Oh, I'm so glad. Long-suffering, he puts, aren't you glad he puts up with us a long time? Aren't you glad that when he could take vengeance on us, he does not? The Bible said you are full of compassion and gracious, long-suffering, and plenteous in mercy and truth. Thank you, Lord. Loving kindness, long-suffering, kindness, and then goodness, that active good, a characteristic of God in his spirit. Ephesians 5, 8, and 9, just giving you these scriptures. For you were once darkness, but now you were light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of the spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. That goodness is active benevolence. It's active. It's being good. I really think generosity comes into this characteristic. Being good. Being kind to people. Being good to people. It's the fruit of the spirit. Here's the next one I think is a great one. Faithfulness. Some translations read faith, but actually it's faithfulness. Fidelity to a cause or a belief demonstrated by continuing loyalty and support, remaining loyal and steadfast. It's reliable. It's a godly trait. Faithfulness. You know, the Lord will lead you to, to be faithful, to be loyal, to be supportive. I grew up in a home where I really think faithfulness was probably a, a, a value. And it's a big one for me. Uh, loyalty and support are just, you know, how, you know how all of us have certain things? That's a big one for me. And my dad and mom, my dad and mom were both very good-looking people. So what would happen to you? That's another story. But they were, my dad was 6'4", just a really handsome guy, big smile. My mom was a model. And just a good-looking couple. They were the Ken and Barbie of their, of their church. And for 60 years, my dad was faithful to my mom, and my mom was faithful to my dad. And I appreciate that I grew up with that loyalty and faithfulness. The Lord will lead you, if you're married, to be faithful to your spouse. He'll lead you to be faithful to your employer. You say, well, you know, my employer, you don't know who I work for. I work for a horrible person. I'm going to read your verse in just a second. But you, you want to be faithful there. You want to be faithful to, the, to your church. If this is your home church, let me just encourage you that. You, you always hear stuff. Be, don't be quick to believe the worst. Be quick to stay on the best side. You hear, you hear things and you just, I, man, I was at Lakewood for, for years Joy and I worked all, we were volunteers, we worked all inside. We didn't have everybody treat us right. We, we had some, they had some people on staff that were difficult. They had somebody that, that was actually dishonest and it was stealing. It was horrible, some horrible stuff. But we stayed faithful to where God had called us. And I really believe that was such a good thing we did that we just didn't jump and run. We stayed, this is where God planted us and that's where we were faithful, loyal, supportive. So being faithful on the job, that's a great thing to do. It's just, you, you want somebody that you can count on. 
Isn't it nice when you don't have to look behind you and wonder if they're going to be with you? You know they're right there. And that's such, a, that's such an important thing. But look at, look at how this makes a difference. In, the, in Titus 2.10, Paul is writing, and he's writing actually to servants. And he tells them, not pilfering, but showing all good fidelity that they may adorn the doctrine of God our Savior in all things. Now, I haven't told someone, you might have used the word pilfering. Don't you pilfer. It's, you know what pilfering is? Stealing. It's stealing. So he's telling, these, he's telling these servants, he said, don't steal. Don't steal. He said, but showing good fidelity, loyalty, honesty. But you notice why? He said, so that the doctrine of God, you will actually make it attractive. Did you know that? Do you know we have the, we have the ability? I've worked, listen, I haven't always been a, an employer. I have been an employee. And so I understand what it's like to work for somebody. I understand what it's like to work for good ones and bad ones. But I do know this. Regardless of how they are, how you are makes all the difference in the world. And if you do it as unto the Lord, the Lord will take care of you. I've heard people say, well, Alan, I need to, man, I need to leave my job. Why? Because I'm just working with a bunch of heathens, man. I'm just working with a bunch of heathens. They're all heathens. I said, you work with all heathens? They're like, yes. I'm like, Praise God, stay right there. Stay right where you are. You're the only light in that dark place. You need to, you need to be there, and you can make the doctrine of God attractive. Because I want to tell you something. If you just, keep, man, you just keep a witness, you just keep happy, and what happens is they might go, yeah, 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 but then when they got a problem with mama, they're going to slip by your cubicle and go, um, man, would you pray for me? What's going on, man? Man, man, me and, uh, me and my wife were having some tough times. Would you pray? Well, yeah, we'll pray. Don't look at them and go, you sorry heathen, no wonder you're having a horrible time. <laughs> That's not going to adorn the doctrine of God. But just, just to be able to look at them and go, absolutely. But you got to have, uh, you got to be honest and faithful. I, I've always said it. I believe it. I think church people should be the best employers and the best employees, anybody. I would love for people to go in an interview. Oh, you go to church? Yeah, where do you go? You go to the ark? Oh, dear Lord, you're hired. Those are the best workers I have ever had have come out of that church. But I think they, they all say that about any church. Oh, you, oh you're a believer? Wonderful. I've looked at a guy one time and said, you'll be blessed if you hire me. He kind of went, I said, I'm a tither. And everything I set my hand to do, God blesses. I said, so if I'm blessed, you'll be blessed. He didn't know the Lord from a hole in the wall. He's like, sounds good to me. <laughs> Monday talks. <laughs> He's like, yeah, you can sell great, come on. But that's our job, to adorn the doctrine of God, fidelity. And the last one is self-control. You know the Holy Spirit will help you in self-control? He'll help you in self-control, the ability to say no, to show self-restraint. The Holy Spirit helps. Let me, let me help you this one. He'll help you with controlling your thoughts, which is important. If you think about it, self-control and discipline 
you're going to have to, at some point in time, you're going to have to learn how to control your thoughts. I'm, I'm talking about that on, on, on Monday, I mean on Sundays, in the mindful. God's not given us a spirit of fear, but a power and of love and of a sound mind. That word means disciplined mind. The Holy Spirit will help us with our thoughts and help us have self-control. Years ago in the, in the 80s, I worked for a company called Clark Checks. That's when check printers was still a big business. People wrote checks. And, um, and so I was working for a printer. I had to go to downtown Houston on the building that used to be the Republic Bank. Anybody remember when there was a Republic Bank? And it's the building with all the spires on top. It looked like a castle. Well, there was a big account, and I went in there, and I had to, our, our checks weren't processing right, and the, one of the guys there, the controller, man, he was, he and I were not seeing eye to eye, and he was, he, he was, I had my sales manager sitting with me, and he made some accusations that were wrong. I'm in my 20s. And I just, man, I started jumping his case. I'm like, no, no, I, no tact whatsoever. And my sales manager is hitting my foot with his foot. It's like, what's he doing? It's like, stop. So I just dialed it down. He got back in the car. He's like, look, he said, we're going to have to take this to a higher level. I don't need you creating enemies here. Well, he was nudging me to exercise some self-control. It wouldn't have worked if I'd looked at him and said, if I'd just blown up at the guy and go, I just can't help myself. I just can't help it. He was wrong, and I'm going to tell him he's wrong. That's how you get fired. So I dialed it down. You know what the Holy Spirit will help you do? He will help you dial it down and restrain yourself, and especially in your thoughts. We've got to be able to control thoughts. And thoughts are what cause us a lot of problems. Now, if you've ever successfully dieted, then you know what I'm talking about. When you go, I'm, I'm talking successfully, which means you kept it for a few days. <laughs> but how many of you know that when you started that diet, you had all kinds of great intentions? But then after a while, you begin to have these desires. And you're thinking... I need to eat something or I'm going to die. <laughs> and if, if you're successful on diet, how many of you know you have to catch a hold of that thought or you will knock out the entire package of Oreos? You've you got to catch the thought. Am I right? And, and the thought is, no, I've got a goal. I've got, I've got a high school reunion coming up and I've got to lose 10 and I, you know, I want to look. Somehow you, you catch a hold of your thoughts which help you with self-control, right? Because if your thoughts are, it doesn't matter, then that would not be a successful diet. You'll be off of it. So in your thoughts, if, if, if we can control our thoughts regarding diet, we can control our thoughts in other areas. Did I lose you? And the Holy Spirit will help you. He is not going to make you think squirrely. He's a spirit of power and love and of a sound mind. He's sound, disciplined in his mind. And learning to be disciplined and, and the ability to say no will not just keep your weight down. It'll, it keeps adultery down. It keeps fornication down. It keeps stealing down and being dishonest. It keeps a lot of things down. 
See, you just waited to the very end to hit us with that, Alan, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, I did. It's self-control. But aren't you glad we've got help? He's not going to condemn you. He's going to be tapping you on the foot. Don't do that. You get a little nudge on the inside. Don't do that. Dial it back. But he can do it. And we can yield to him. And we can get some good answers there. Okay? Next week, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump into, I got, I got more notes. I brought more notes I could get to. But next week, we're going to talk about some different ways he helps. I'm going to talk about the gifts of the Spirit. I'm going to talk about prayer. Talk about some real key areas that the Holy Spirit helps us in. But we talked about character, and these are important. Would you bow your heads with me? This evening, if you're here and you're listening and you said to yourself, you know what, I I'm not right with the Lord. I know that. He knows that. But I really want to be. It's one of the reasons I came tonight. I, I just want to be right with him. Or maybe sitting there tonight, you realized, you know what, I used to be right with the Lord. I've gotten away from him, and I don't want to live that way. I, I want to live blessed. I want to live walking with God. We're going to say a prayer. We're not going to have you stand up or come to the front if you're watching online. Listen, you can, you can pray this prayer with us. I'm going to lead you in a very simple prayer. But I'm going to ask you one thing. I'm going to ask you to do this. If that's you that I'm talking to, and you're willing to acknowledge that, it takes courage and it takes humility, but if you're willing to do that, would you slip your hand up across this auditorium and say, Alan, would you pray for me? I know I'm not right with God, but I want to be. I, I want to make sure I have a relationship with him, and I want to come back. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Got you. Yeah. You can put your hands down. We're going to pray. Maybe if you didn't lift your hand, you wanted to. You can, you can, still, you can still be a part of this prayer. We're going to pray it with you as a church family. Pray it out loud if you're online by yourself. Please pray it out loud. If you're, if you're with others, you can play it, pray it quietly. But say, dear God, I know mankind needs a Savior. I know I can't save myself. Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God. I believe you died on the cross for my sins. And God raised you from the dead. Right now, I confess you as my Lord, as my Savior, as the one who forgives me and restores me. Thank you, Jesus. My past is forgiven. I have a relationship with you. I'm a new creation in Christ. Because I've said yes to you. Father, thank you for those that prayed that prayer. For those that just stepped right out of darkness into light. And for those who've come back home. And Father, thank you for the rest of us here. Those who love you. Those who are walking with you and have been walking with you. Thank you. Thank you, Father, that as they walk in your ways, they're going to be happy. And it's going to be well with them. What a wonderful promise and privilege we have to serve you. We give you all the praise for that. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Thanks for listening to this message. For more about The Ark, visit thearkchurch.com.